Well, guys, it's my pleasure to introduce our speaker this morning. He has been the host of Michigan Out of Doors, I know, over 18 years. Jimmy, has it been 19 yet? Close to 19 years. But uh, he's uh, partnered with us in the past, our Wild Game Night. How many guys have been to the Wild Game Night? Um, we have did it three years. Uh, Jimmy was our speaker the first year, and then this uh, year earlier in February. And... Uh, just been a real blessing, brought a strong word, uh, just powerful, that's really ministered to people, you know, that have been there. And I know if you haven't heard him before, you're going to be blessed this morning. So Jimmy Gretzinger, host of Michigan Out of Doors, would you please uh, kind of come up here? And uh, guys, will you welcome him as he comes this morning? How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Uh, yes, I work with Michigan Out of Doors Television. I don't know if anybody's seen that show before over the years. Okay, a few of you. And how many were here at the Wild Game Dinner when I spoke here? About four. Okay, so good. So we're going to cover a little bit of the same ground today, but not a whole lot. Uh, for those of you not familiar with the television show, we're kind of an outdoor hunting and fishing show. Uh, been on since the early 1950s, and we cover the state of Michigan. We do 52 shows a year, and we have a lot of fun. Uh, covering the state, and it's been a real blessing uh, for me. But just to kind of give you a background uh, about me uh, and just kind of what we're going to talk about today is how to trust God in hard times. And, uh, and it's something I definitely do not have totally figured out, and so you're kind of working through this with me today. You're kind of my therapy session for today, so thank you for that. And, uh, but just to give you a little background about me, uh, I grew up in West Michigan in the town of Ludington, and uh, grew up there in a good uh, Christian home. Uh, my mom was kind of the spiritual leader of, of the house, and so that had a different dynamic to it. But uh, probably around age 9 or 10 is when I, we had an evangelist come to our church, and I raised my hand, I went forward, and uh, accepted Jesus at that time. Probably, I think it was about 9 or 10 years old. And uh, so that's kind of where my faith journey kind of started, and then went through the, my high school years, about my junior year, I uh, kind of started hanging with a group of guys probably that I shouldn't have, kind of got into the whole party scene, uh, and then I went off to Michigan State University. And so then, yes, if so if you make a list of all the things you want your kids to not do when they go off to a big state school, I checked every box. I did every single one. So whatever you can envision in your head, that's what I was doing. And it was about three-quarters of the way through my sophomore year at Michigan State. And the interesting thing was I was still going to church every week. Because for some reason back, I, I kind of felt like I should, and I don't know why, but I did. But those other six days of the week, you would have no idea that I claimed to know Jesus or had any kind of faith uh, at all. And so about, yeah, three-quarters of the way through my junior year, I'm sorry, my sophomore year, um, I remember sitting in my dorm room, and I, was, and I prayed to God, and I said, God, if this is all there is, I just, I just don't get it. I mean, there's got to be something more. If there is more to this life, I need help. I need something. And so the very next day, there's a knock on my door. And it was the director, the campus director of Campus Crusade for Christ at the time at Michigan State. And I kind of, I remember when he knocked on the door and said who he was, I was like, kind of looked up. I was like, boy, that was, that was pretty fast. And, you know, thanks for that. And uh, so I started meeting with him on a regular basis and got into a small group with other guys that were in fraternities and similar situations as me. And I, I really think it was the first time in my life that I saw guys that weren't just Christian, they were Christ followers. And there was a difference there. And there was something really powerful about the way that they lived their life. And I wanted 
what they had. And so I kind of slid out of the driver's seat of my life, and I said, okay, God, I want you to just take control, take over. And he did. He started moving me where he wanted me to be. So I go home that year between my uh, sophomore and junior year, and I meet my wife at that point in time, named Dana. And uh, she kind of helped keep me away from some of the bad influence and went back to Michigan State. And my junior year and senior year was really living for Jesus and really involved in crusade, and it was really good. And uh, we dated for four years, got married. Um, I was working at Spring Hill Camps at the time. Anybody familiar with Spring Hill Camps? Okay, started their video production facility up there. And uh, was a great. And, and, and God was very active and alive in our life and kind of uh, showing us where he wanted to be. About that time, I uh, got the job with Michigan Out of Doors, which moved us down to the Lansing area. Uh, my wife was a worship leader at the time and started leading worship uh, on a weekly basis. And God was good, and God was very active in our life and, and, and directing us, and uh, then we got an opportunity to move here to Grand Haven about almost seven years ago now, and we felt like God was kind of laid that on our hearts. We had a friend that was a pastor and a wife over there, and they are looking for a new worship leader, and we kind of put our name in the hat, and, uh, uh, and it was, I'm kind of glazing over a lot of stuff here because God was very active, and just one little story is we were trying to decide whether or not to move to Grand Haven. Uh, we had gotten, they'd asked us to consider taking that job, and so we were praying, and, and we had three little kids at the time, and it was kind of a thing where, you know, just moving up, picking up and moving across the state, that's a big deal. And I remember praying to God, I was like, God, I'm going to need more than just like some sort of feeling, like just like, eh, maybe we should, I, I was like, I need a sign, like I need a sign sign. And so we were praying, and we were, the church that we were part of at the time was a teardown setup every week in the middle school, and my wife came up to me and said, did you put that giant Grand Haven sticker on my guitar case? I said, no, what are you talking about? Because we were this, is our, this was our prayer life at that time, Grand Haven or stay, Grand Haven or stay. And so I said, well, I didn't put the sticker there. Find out who. So she's asking the guys in the band, and, and one of them who used to be a pastor and now works for the state of Michigan said, you know, it was the funniest thing. I was in Grand Haven the other day, and I looked at the sticker, and I thought of you. So I figured I'd just put it on your guitar case. So guys, so sometimes when you pray for a sign from the Lord, he gives you an actual sign, <laughs> actual sign. And so, uh, and that was not the only thing, but that was one of many things that just, you know, he reinforced it. This is where he wanted us to go. So I we went to Grand Haven, and we were part of the church at that time. We're Hope Reformed Church over there, great church. Uh, and they were just at the point where they were moving from more of a traditional service to more contemporary. And uh, we came in at that point in time and, and kind of revamped the worship there, and uh, it was great. And can look back at so many times where God was moving. Uh, and then things kind of took uh, a a turn, and my wife got sick, and it took us probably three to four months to figure out what was wrong, what was going on, and so not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before, so it would have been actually in December 28th of 2015, we finally figured out what was wrong with my wife, and it was pancreatic cancer, and I didn't know much about cancer at the time, but I knew that you don't want pancreatic cancer. That's a tough one. And so I remember at that point in life, I was like, okay, what, God, what are you, what are you doing? Um, we started chemo right away. We did chemo for a full year, uh, battled cancer for, for about a year, and my wife passed away six months ago. And so that's kind of where I'm at. This whole idea of trusting God in hard times, I'm right in the middle of it. And so today, I've kind of tried to boil down to four points of how do you trust God when times are hard? And so that's where I'm at today, but probably the worst point in the whole journey was right after my wife got diagnosed, 
Uh, again, so right at the end of December, about a week, week and a half later, my dad had a major stroke. And we weren't sure if he was going to live. Uh, he ended up making it through. Is doing a little bit better today, but that was really tough. I don't know if it had anything to do with the diagnosis or not. I'm not sure. And then work-wise, at that same point in time, uh, I work with, with Michigan Outdoors Television. We air on PBS all across the state of Michigan. Well, at that point in time, the FCC had stepped in, and they were offering tens of millions to hundreds of millions of dollars to all the PBS stations in the state of Michigan to buy their bandwidth so they could sell it to wireless providers. And this was kind of right when all that was going to happen. So my wife gets diagnosed with cancer. My dad has a major stroke, and it looks like my job is going to be gone. That was a hard time. And I remember sitting at my kitchen table with my pastor, and he was like, this is probably as hard as life is ever going to get right now. And that is when you decide, do I trust God or do I not trust God? So that was a real pivotal point. And so today, uh, and just trying to flush that out of how do you trust God, I, come up with, I came up with four points. And I think if, if I do these things, and I think if you do these things, whatever the storm of life that you're in right now, I think you can learn to trust God a little bit more. And the first thing uh, in trusting God is you need to expect hard times. You need to expect hard times. Um, in the book of James, that's because the first chapter says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kind. And then in the gospel of John, it says, in this world, you will face trouble. And I think I had kind of a wrong view of how my life was supposed to go. I kind of thought, well, if I'm a good Christian guy and I tithe my 10% and I am praying for God for guidance and he's just going to kind of steer me away from anything that's really hard, he's going to kind of, you know, just kind of make life a little bit easier for me. And, and to some degree that's true because I can look back where God has directed me and moved me as I've tried to seek his will. But it never says, hey, life's just going to be easy if you're a Christian. Expect hard times. And we live in a fallen, sinful world that I could just kind of figure, well, I'm just going to be okay. It's going to be all right. I'll have a few bad things that happen, but God's going to... I had to take that perspective and flip it. We live in a broken, fallen, sinful world where people get cancer and die, where people have back pain, or they have kids that, that go off on, on their own. I mean, we just have... There's a lot of hard situations in life. And I just had this, for, for some reason, this perspective... Things are just going to go okay. I think for a lot of us, if we're honest, we are praying for a life where we don't need God. I mean, you think about it. If we're honest, well, that's what we, we want our job to go well. We'd like that promotion at the end of the year. We want our kids to all turn out great. We want almost to where we don't really need God. And that's not who he is. He's in the business of growing us. So expect hard times. They are going to come. The Bible's pretty clear that you're not just going to sail through. And if we look at the lives of so many, John the Baptist is a great example. I, I always think about him because he was in prison in Jerusalem and his cousin Jesus is in Jerusalem healing and doing all sorts of stuff and I'm thinking if I'm John the Baptist I'm like I'm gonna get out of here anytime he's gonna say it and no that story does not end the way you think it would expect hard times number two and this one's hard I think for anybody but it's especially hard for men we need to be better at waiting on the Lord we need to learn to wait on the Lord. And for those of us, for all of us in this room, we've had almost always in a period of waiting to some degree. For some of you, it's a job thing right now. Am I going to get that promotion or am I going to switch careers? Uh, there's waiting involved in that. There's house stuff, you know, whether you're moving to a new place or you're building a new house or whatever it might be. There's periods of waiting. Um, 
your kids, you know, are, when are they going to get out of this teenage phase, or when are they going to move out of the house, or when are they going to grow up, or we're constantly in the state of waiting, but we need to do better at waiting on the Lord, and I know for me with this journey with cancer, there was a lot of waiting. There was waiting to figure out what, what is, what's wrong, what is the sickness that we're, we're battling, is the chemo going to work, is this next round of chemo going to work, and I think the big thing was, God, are you going to show up at all? Are you going to heal our family? I know you can heal families. I've seen you heal cancer before. Are you going to heal our cancer? Waiting on the Lord can be really, really tough. And I think for me, what has helped is to look back at times in your life when you have been in periods of waiting, whether that was a month, six months, a year, several years. You can look back at times in your own life right now where you were waiting on the Lord and there was some sort of resolution. Maybe it didn't happen the way you wanted to, but it's helpful for me as I'm in a period of waiting now, to look back at other times where I've waited and I've seen those things resolve themselves. And for me, a big part of waiting on the Lord is to not take the whole thing. God, are you going to heal cancer in our life? It was really helpful for me to, to shrink it down to, and to not worry about tomorrow. Scripture tells us, don't worry about tomorrow. It's got enough worries for itself. Just be in today. Live with intention. Be here today, one, just one day at a time. And that helps so much in that period of waiting. Because you know what? I, can, I think I can get through today. God can give me enough to get through today. And sometimes in this journey, it was God can get me through the next hour. Some of you have been there and can relate to that. But waiting on the Lord one day at a time, those are, that, that is, and I don't have this totally figured out, but I'm learning to be better at waiting on the Lord. So expect hard times. Learn to wait on the Lord. And this next one seems really easy and Theologically, you can all end, oh, yeah, I totally get that. But living it out is hard. You need to know, so number three is you need to know, you need to know, you need to know that God is good. And that seems like it's easy. And it is not easy, if we're honest. It is not easy to watch someone you love waste away inside of a year to where you can almost barely recognize them and to say, yeah, oh, God is good. That is hard to do. But we have to do that. When it feels like God is not there, when it feels like, when your feelings do not line up, your feelings will betray you. Your feelings will betray you. You need to know, I know that God is good despite the circumstances that I'm in. And if you can get to that spot, it doesn't mean everything just, the circumstances don't go away. But you need to know that God is good. Don't listen to your feelings. And I think, um, for me, a big part of that, and I think the way that you can get through that and, and really know that God is good is to focus on the promises of God. What you know to be true about Him. There's books that you can get, there's Pastors you can talk to, whatever, and if you're in that spot where you're just like, I'm, I'm still questioning whether God is good, look at those promises, those promises. Those promises of God will show you that he is good, and it is so crucial for you to know that he is good even when all the circumstances around you do not look like God is good. That is a tough one. That is a tough one. We have this, uh, it's kind of funny that there's a sign in my bedroom. You know those little things you put on the wall or a Bible verse or a little saying or something that um, they're just words and 
we'd lived in this house for, I guess, seven years now. And I don't know when my wife put this up there on the wall. Um, never really even noticed it. But I notice it now. And this is what it says. It says, when you can't see God's hand, trust his heart. And I never looked at that for years. I don't know how long that was up there. And all of a sudden, it caught my eye here in the last year and a half. Because sometimes it's hard to see God's hand, but you have to trust his heart. You have to know that he is good. So the first point, again, was expect hard times, learn to wait on the Lord, know that God is good. And the fourth one, and this has been really important for me, is to be thankful, to be people of thanksgiving. Philippians 4.9 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. If you want to have peace in circumstances that make no sense, how can someone have peace going through what maybe you're going through right now? Pray about everything and be thankful. It is so important as we live in this broken, fallen, sinful world where this is not how God designed it, sin entered in the world, but it is important for us to realize he showers you with good things. The fact that you got out of bed this morning, good thing. The fact that you're here eating really good food, good thing. We've had some really good worship at 6.30 in the morning. Who does that? That's a good thing. I mean, there is just so many good things in your life, and it is so important when you're going through hard times to be thankful. We started praying with our kids when we got the diagnosis. Every day, we, we sit, now I sit with the kids and say, where did you see God's goodness today? And if you want to learn to trust God through hard times, you need to be thankful people. And every day, look at all the good things. Because all of a sudden, it's just stuff that you just don't even pay. You didn't think about getting out of bed this morning. That was a good thing. Maybe some of you did. Probably much more spiritual than me. And you got here, and it, but the, you, know, you sit here and have this good food. And there's just so many. You know, it's 7.30 in the morning, and you've had a ton of good things already. But it is so important for us to be people of thanks, thanksgiving so that the peace of God can rule your life. So those four points again, how to trust God when life is hard, expect hard times, learn to wait on the Lord, get better at waiting on the Lord, know that he is good, and be people of thanks, be thankful people. I just want to wrap up with a story that kind of, trying to find an analogy that works, and in, in this story popped into my mind. I get to spend a lot of time in the outdoors doing what I do, and I love to hunt and fish. And uh, bird hunting is my favorite kind of hunting, so which is grouse and woodcock hunting. Uh, also, pheasant hunting is here in the state of Michigan, but there's not a lot of that. But that would be considered kind of that same kind of hunting. Uh, and so when I started out doing that kind of hunting, we would go to a, some woods and we'd find a trail. And we'd put somebody on the trail, and then we'd line three or four people up off to the right or the left, and we'd push through the woods and try to flush a bird up and get a shot. And that's how you bird hunted. Um, but it was really crucial that you kept your eyes on the people next to you so that you could not get lost. And then whoever was on the trail, it was kind of their, their responsibility to kind of let you know which direction you're going to go. Hey, we're, we're going to left. Well, no, now we're turning right. We're really turning right. Okay, so, and then everybody else would kind of respond to that. Well, then things changed a few years ago when handheld GPS, which you now have on your phone, came into existence. And so now with those handheld GPS, you could mark the truck and then you could just, you didn't have to look to your left, you didn't have to look to the right, you could just go. You could just hunt 
and follow the cover and follow the dogs and just go wherever you wanted to go. And then when it was time to get back to the truck, you could look at this device and it would say how to get back. It would give you the direction that you're supposed to be on. And I remember the first time I had to trust in this GPS because we, most of us guys have a, we think we have a good sense of direction, don't we? You know, and so I was out in the middle of nowhere and I was convinced that, well, I, I need to go this way. So I'm looking for this device. I'm looking for just to kind of reinforce what I already kind of know to be true, that this is the way I'm supposed to go. Well, that GPS said, no, you need to go this way. And I thought, this thing doesn't work at all. How am I supposed to trust this thing? Because I know I'm supposed to go this way. But it's telling me it's the opposite way. And I remember thinking, well, I don't have any idea where I'm at, so I might as well trust this thing. And sure enough, I follow that thing in a half a mile away, quarter mile away, and I got to within 50 feet of where the truck was. I'm like, this stupid thing doesn't work at all. I can't, there's no truck here. Well, there was a big thing of pines. It was super thick, and I went about another 10 or 15 feet, and there's the truck. And I thought, oh, my word, this thing can be trusted. And that is such the analogy with God and trusting him. Because there are so many times in your life when you're thinking, I know the way. I know that this is the path that I'm supposed to be on. And sometimes God says, yep, that's the path you're supposed to be on. Then other times, he's going to say, uh, no. The path is this way. And you have to be thinking, God, are you sure you know which path I'm supposed to be on? Because everything in me tells me this is right. No, no, no. If you trust him, if you really trust him, he will guide you to where he wants you to be. And ultimately, that is where you're going to find that abundant life talked about in John 10.10. 10. But that, that I'll never forget when I, had, when, I find, when I was like, I can trust this thing. And I feel like right now in my life, and maybe in your life, you're in the same spot where you're learning you can really trust God. Even though the path does not make sense, even though circumstances around you may look like he's not there, he is. Expect hard times. Learn to wait on the Lord. Know that he is good. Be people of thanksgiving. And if you do those things, you will slowly, I will slowly learn to trust God more and more. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we just uh, come before you today. Uh, if we're honest, we do not have everything figured out. You are mysterious. You are far away, it feels like at times, but you are so close at others. And we know that you are always with us that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us. Lord, thank you for the promises in Scripture. God, as we navigate the hard things in life, some of them caused by living in a broken, sinful world, some of them caused by ourselves, just bad decisions that we've made. Lord, wherever life finds us today, Lord, we want to trust you more. We know that ultimately you know the path that you want us to take. God, put us on that path and lead us. God, thank you for these men. Lord, we just pray that you would uh, bless their life, Lord, that they would be able to walk boldly in their faith, that they'd be able to share the love of Jesus with people around them, starting with their family and going out from there. Lord, I just pray for each one of us here that we would be the men that you have called us to be, that we'd be a light in a dark world. God, thank you for using hard, terrible things in our life to redeem that, to ultimately show your glory and just how good you really are. 
pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.